Um, <laughs> that was awesome. I used to train lions and tigers, and they always said that working with animals and kids, you get one shot, and it either goes really well or really bad. I don't know what you all did, but when they practiced at home, they loved those costumes, and they loved that song. So I blame you guys, all right? Let me just... Um, that. <laughs> This is a great song. It's, it's actually called Hey Moon. It's by the Sidewalk Prophets. It talks about the stars are talking to the moon, in case you missed that. And, and they're talking about the birth of Jesus. I thought it was fitting for our, our little guys to come in and help us celebrate the birth of our Savior. Um, I'll make a mental note. We probably won't do that next year. <laughs> it was a good idea, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you caught the first few verses of the song, but it says, Hey, Hey Moon. It's funny how time just flies. Yesterday, we were just kids, hanging in the sky, staying up all night. Hey, moon, do you ever get a tear in your eye? When you think about that time that God came down, I couldn't help myself. I had to shine so bright. I remember that newborn baby and the wise men that traveled so far. That's when I knew I, knew I was made for a reason. I feel like the luckiest star. Hey, moon. And then the star says, hey, moon. It's funny how things have changed. I wish they, and they is talking about you guys, I wish they could see the things we've seen before the colored lights and the Christmas tree. I thought, you know, it's it's a great way to start off what we're going to talk about today. Because before all of those things, it was very simple. I've talked this, this month about God's story and our story leading up to the birth of Jesus And the unique thing is, like I said in my first message this month, we've done a really good job of just kind of making that whole story very sanitary and and just very crisp and very clean and very kind of textbook, if you will. But before the lights and before the tree and before all those things, there was simply Jesus. And we're going to celebrate that today. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for our little ones. They're so brave. I thank you for what they mean to you. I know what they mean to us as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and relatives. But I know how precious every little child is to you. And and we thank you for giving us the opportunity to raise them and teach them. I pray that, that we will just remember the simplicities of this season. And as we come to a time where we celebrate the birth of your son. And I pray that not just here in this building, but... As we go this week to celebrate that we honor you in the way we do it. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You know, the the typical birth story that we hear, it's repeated every year. And it starts out, it's about 2,000 years ago, the evening of December 25th. Larry read some of my notes, apparently. Uh, Mary rides into Bethlehem on her donkey, urgently needing to deliver her baby Although it's an emergency, all of the innkeepers turn them away. So they deliver baby Jesus in a stable. And then the angels sing to the shepherds. Afterwards, they all join the three kings with camels worshiping the quiet newborn. The problem is this story, as Larry said, and the way that we tell it nowadays has become almost entirely wrong. You see, the events surrounding the birth of Jesus have been retold so many times and in so many different ways through poetry and books and movies. Most people have distorted the view of the true events. 
And I want to encourage you to read in your Bible this week because the only accurate record of this story is found in God's Word. I'm not against those other stories. They're fun. I love to present this message of, of hope and love in exciting ways. And I want our little kids especially to grab the value of this gift that's been given to us. But the only true record is found in God's Word. And today, as we look into God's story and our story, I have to confess, it's fun to think about all these different aspects of Jesus' birth and, and all the different what-ifs. I, I hear the Christmas songs and I think, that, there's no way that happened. In a story, you know, that didn't happen. In the, that wasn't there. But what if there really was a little boy with a drum? That's like my favorite Christmas carol ever. And I love uh, the, the, the little drummer boy. He, he wasn't there. But what if he was? Uh, da, 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 da. What if there really were the cattle lowing? Which I guess lowing is like a nice moo. It's not like an angry moo, but it's like a, you know, it's a nice moo. What if that really happened? What if the mighty king had actually said, you know, in that song, mighty kings, every, you know, if he actually said to his people, let's worship him. What if he actually said that instead of let's murder him? There'd be a different story. What if it was indeed a silent night? I don't know how it was for Mary to give birth. But I know when Mitzi gave birth, it was not a silent night. (laughs) You laugh because you know the truth of which I speak, those of you who have been there. It's what I say when I say we sanitize this story, we've made it, oh, boop, here's baby Jesus. What if it was indeed a silent night, a holy night? All is calm. All is bright. I can't help but think, once again, if if we had written this story, it may actually sound more like, well, like this. Ha, that was a good nap. All that movement over the past few days caused a disruption in my sleep pattern. But things seem to have settled down now. No more jostling up and down and from side to side. (sighs) It's nice and warm in here, and I can finally get back to my routine. I think Mother is doing better, too. She hasn't eaten any peanut butter and pickle sandwiches in a while. And that's a very good thing for me. It is starting to get a little crowded in here, though. I wonder how much longer I can stay in this position. But I like it here. It's so warm. Wait, what's that? Time for me to go outside and start my human existence on Earth. If I must, then I must. Here I go. Whoa, it's cold out here. Who is that person? She's so pretty. That must be my mother, Mary. And that man, he must be my dad, Joseph. I've heard Mother talking about him. She said he is a very good person and very loving. She loves him very much. Ah, <sighs> here come the cloths to wrap me up. And the warm breath of those animals feels really good. Whoa, look at that. It's a bright star shining over the stable. I can see it through the cracks. My heavenly father must be using that to announce my birth to the world. Hmm. So this is what it feels like to be human, huh? 
It isn't so bad. I can live with this. But what did the prophets say about me? Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Okay, I'm here. Isaiah also said, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I have a big job to do while I'm here, so I may as well get started. Let's see what's around me. As I look around, I spy Mother. I spy Dad. I spy a star. I spy animals. And I spy a big stable. What's next? Huh? Who's that coming into the stable? It looks like shepherds and a little drummer boy. You know, there's nothing more fantastic than seeing the world come alive through the eyes of our kids. And when you think about that, I don't know if anybody else thinks about it. What baby Jesus see? Well, how did it look? What did, what did it go? Like I said, we have stories and plays and poems and all kinds of great things. But better than all of those, we have God's Word. And just to clear everything up, I want to share with you from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 6. Luke says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those who, on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they seen him, excuse me, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I have to tell you, no matter how you hear it, or how it's shown on TV, or, or, or in a movie, or what children's book you read about the birth of Christ in, it still amazes me that in, in this incomprehensible, humbling move, the Son of God left the majestic splendor of heaven and stepped down into our world to become an infant, to become a man, to become a sacrifice. 
No royal robes, no royal parade, no town crier trumpeting the arrival of this new king. It baffles me that at a birth where there should have been the finest marble and linens in the room, there were only dirt and hay and filthy rags that the animals had been, had been used on animals. Where there should have been a, a legion of angels, there was just a handful of sheep. A few anxious camels maybe, a, a donkey or two. And where there should have been a king and a queen and all the pomp and circumstance of a royal court, there was only a frightened teenager and her tradesman husband. I know the angels did announce the birth of the king. I I just read that to you, so I know that. But only to a few shepherds. And that brilliant star that, that we sing about, it was shining. But I often wonder, with the exception of those wise men, did anyone else even notice I want to be honest with you guys. When I look at the birth story of Jesus, I think, wow, if I would have written this story, it would have looked, well, it would have looked more like this. All right. All right. Well, what it would have looked like is the opening credits to The Lion King. You know it? Do you know those words? Whatever they say. And, and here's why. I know you think I've lost my mind at this point, but, but here, let me explain this. I would write the story like this with these opening words to the Lion King because when translated literally, those words mean, here comes a lion, Father. Oh, yes, it's a lion. We're going to conquer So when they're yelling that out, that's what that means. The lion is coming. We're going to conquer. If I were writing this story, if you were writing this story, you better believe we would be writing it like this. It would be like, my son is born. Here comes the lion, people. Oh, yes, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is coming. He is going to conquer. That's how I would write the story about my son coming to save the world. He's going to conquer sin and he's going to conquer evil. Everyone come and gather around him and bow down to him right now because he is my son and that's why he has come. But the reality is God knows much better than we do. And this birth story, as we call it, it's a really good culmination of everything that we have done here at Huntsville Christian Church this year. We've gone through the story. We've gone through God's story from creation to revelation. And we've learned a lot. But right here, right now, we see that in the little town of Bethlehem, So long ago, a simple peasant girl and her carpenter husband quietly hold their baby, the king of kings. And God is okay with that. And I wonder why I'm not. He was humble. Why would God author a story like this? Because Jesus was part of the story too. Jesus was part of this story, not just at the moment of his birth. He was part of this story from the very beginning of time. And we can learn from him. Like I said, he was humble. He was humble in the way that he was born. He was humble in the way that he introduced himself to humanity as he grew and as he became a man. He was also willing to listen. He listened to the problems of humanity, if you will. He listened to the people that he encountered. And oftentimes he answered with something like, your faith has made you well. Or go and sin no more. 
Or when accountability was needed, he would call out the people who knew better. He was obedient. Jesus was obedient to Joseph. He was obedient to Mary. Even when Mary asked him to help out at a wedding feast, he said to her, My time has not yet come. But he was obedient and he honored his mother's request. Yes, we should quit trying to rewrite this story into a Hallmark miniseries and just make a better attempt at living it out ourselves. Philippians 2, 5-8 through 8 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. You see, this birth story is so much more than what we see or read on TV or in our children's books. He took the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's so much more than, oh, the circle of life or the way that he came in, in, in the, the lowly manger. In the birth story of Jesus, God writes his story of his redemptive love for us. Everything led up to this point of Jesus's birth. Now, even right here in Huntsville, Alabama, on December 20th, 2015, we look back to his birth so that we can look forward to spending eternity with him. God created. He knew we would sin. He'd already authored a plan for that. Jesus was not an afterthought to God's salvation plan. Jesus was not an afterthought to the creation story. He was there at the beginning. And I'll let you know, he's the climax of this story. No one may come to know the father of creation except through the son of creation. That's how it happens. That's how God authored this story. Jesus is the his in history, by the way. You think I'm kidding? Listen to this. Because our history is, in fact, his story. Some of you are thinking, what? Have you seen the history of America? Pay attention. I'm going to school you for a second. Folks, people can say what they want to about whether or not they believe in God or whether or not they want Christmas or whether or not they want to celebrate. They can even take the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse. I don't care. They can do all that stuff. Tell us we can't pray in school. That's fine. Brothers and sisters, these things don't really matter. What? He's gone off his rocker. They don't matter because time itself is based on Jesus Christ. B.C. and A.D. The very calendar app that you have on your phone that we keep all of our busy appointments and all of our life schedules and all the things that we're doing recognizes his existence every day. What's today's date? Tell me. Act like you know it. I'll tell you, December 20th, 2015. Is that December 20th, 2015 A.D.? Oh, why, yes, it is. See, the point I'm making is whether they recognize it or not, Jesus is a part of our everyday words. His impact on history has been monumental. If there was ever a main character to a story, Jesus is it. God's story tells us that he was born of a virgin in the city of Bethlehem, exactly as it was prophesied many years before. This was God's plan. This was not man's plan. Jesus was conceived in Mary, but not by man, by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Apostle John reveals to us that Jesus existed before the creation of the world in John chapter 1. 
He is part of the Holy Trinity that we know as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Son of God came in human form for a purpose, to die for us. And He came as a willing sacrifice in payment for the sins of mankind. He did this to provide eternal salvation as a free gift to everybody who will accept it and follow Him. See, there's the, that's the message. That's the gift that we unwrap at Christmas. Did Mary ride a donkey into Bethlehem? Perhaps. Did she arrive in Bethlehem that very night that she was about to give birth? Nine, nine months and two days and four and a half hours ready to have the baby? Perhaps. Did Joseph and Mary knock on every door of every house and every inn? Perhaps. Does it really matter? I don't know. My point is this. We will argue about so many different aspects of the birth of Jesus and still miss out on the main point of this story. That Jesus came. That it was God's story, God's plan. He authored it from the very beginning of time. It came in His time. It happened the way it was supposed to. And it happened for us. Remember the song our little kids came in and shared in dancing with? I doubt you'll forget it. There's another verse. Hey, moon. So many people are searching for signs that God is stirring in their hearts. They'll lift their wondering eyes and see us shine. Then they'll remember that newborn baby. The wise men that traveled so far. They'll know that they were made for a reason. I feel like the luckiest star. I want you to know you were made for a reason. Created with purpose. As we come to our response time this morning, I want you to consider how you'll respond to that good news. To the good news of this story that God sent His Son to die on the cross to save us from our sins. No gift that we give this year will be better than that. But in that same sense, the gift that God has given us is only useful if we accept it and and open it and use it. An unopened gift is not worth what it's wrapped in. If you've been trying to figure out what that looks like for you, it starts with making a confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. And then following through with that confession by submitting to Christ in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've done that already, but somewhere along the way, you've stopped living God's story and you've, you've tried to write and live your own story, but now it's just time to repent, to turn back to God, respond to Him with that act of repentance. Maybe you just need prayer or conversation about where you are in life. Our elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to talk with you. Whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing with us and consider how you will live your life from this day forward according to God's story and respond accordingly? It's been great to be here and worship with you all. And spend time with you all this morning. You may not know this, but 
this month, Mitzi and Dylan and I celebrate nine years of serving here at Huntsville Christian Church. Four, oh, don't, <laughs> sorry. Almost four of those years I've been telling you every Sunday to go. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's hard to believe that we've been here for nine years. Time flies when you're truly having fun and with people you love. I just want you all to know that as your minister, I appreciate everything you have done for my family this past year while I've been in and out of the hospital for different things. I'm praying that 2016 I'm more out of the hospital unless I'm visiting some of you than in. Not that I'm wishing anything bad on you all, but I just, you know, I personally don't want to be there for all that stuff again. So we're praying for that. I also want to say uh, in ministry, oftentimes our families are the ones who get overlooked. Uh, Everybody shares with the ministers and stuff, and, and our families get overlooked. That does not happen here at Huntsville Christian Church. And, and I want to say thank you for that as well. The encouragement that you all have been to Dylan and Mitzi, even in times that I didn't even know it until later, that's awesome. I know the same thing happens with, with Andy and Lindsay. Um, as your brother in Christ, I want to say thank you for all the prayers and encouragement you've offered to me and my family this year. And for all the things that you guys have taught me, I want to say thank you for being patient with me. I pray that you'll continue to be patient with me. (laughs) We will learn together. We love you guys. I could go on for another 30 minutes about all this great stuff, but (laughs) but it is time to go. And as you go this week, go not just telling his story, go and live his story. Will you sing this last song with us?